Happy Hump Day, everyone. It is Wacky Wednesday here at Jones Inc. for Sports Nation. So in the spirit of Wednesday, to get you through the week, we're going to have some kind of silly power rankings, power ranking chicken sandwiches and golf clubs. And we're also going to be debating which Detroit franchise is the closest to entering the playoffs. We're also going to be revisiting the Detroit Lions over-under, and Brandon's going to see if he can persuade us to think that the Lions can take the title this year. So thanks for joining us, and let's get into it. I'm really looking forward to... uh, what points you have to bring to the table to convince us to go on the over for that Detroit pick, Brand, for that Lions pick. Yeah, let's let's scale that back. It's not that they're going to take the title, just that <laughs> perhaps they can win five games, which I don't think is uh, that crazy of a take. So uh, knowing you guys, I don't think it'll be that are hard. Are we in line for an? Are we in line for another? Uh, Brandon optimism rant this week? Absolutely not. But um, listening to the podcast, listening to the podcast last week, uh, in between the the bit and in between the moments of uh, insanity, I was like, you know what? There's a couple decent points in there that might be worth actually seriously looking at. So. Uh, I just I just want to ask you guys questions and let you guys determine your thoughts on this team. And uh, once again, just that the team would win five games is not a, we're not asking for much. So <laughs> we're really down in the dumps if we're like, man, you're crazy if you think the Lions can win five games. <laughs> so, anyways, that's that's for. Uh, well, you want it for? Do you want to start with that? No, let's start with our power rankings. Yeah, might as well. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's 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 do the power rankings. Bran uh, brought to us a fun idea for this one. Get back to our roots of uh, some of the fun power rankings we've done in the past. Uh, but I don't believe this one has anything to do with sports this time, right, Bran? <laughs> Not at all. Uh, this one is just straight out of Love the it. straight off the dome. The things I think about chicken sandwiches and golf. Um, golf because I watched a little bit of the PGA Championship, watched Phil Mickelson take home uh, another major championship at, was he 50 years old? That's just amazing. But I, I was actually more impressed by the he has, course. <laughs> Sorry, Phil. I know everyone loves you right now. He has one. <laughs> but holy cow, South Carolina on the ocean. That's That's got to be our next trip, guys. That looked gorgeous. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I could yeah, sign me step up. anywhere near that course. I was looking at some of the fairways they were trying to hit, and I'd be happy if one in ten landed safely, to be honest. Oh yeah, I mean, I I couldn't bring enough. I couldn't pack enough uh, golf balls to make it through a round. But you know what? Hitting <laughs> balls into the ocean—that's what I'm made for. So, sign me up. I'll, I'll take the trip to Kiawa Island, and uh, I'll enjoy my. Uh, plus 200 round and uh and you will too <laughs> so anyways uh that's why i, I so, got me thinking about golf was was watching that and of course chicken sandwiches because i like chicken sandwiches <laughs> <laughs> oh so there's the connection phil has won a major in four decades it, that's unreal at least a major in four decades that's 
bonkers. Who's your Who's your favorite golfer on tour right now? Brooks Kepka. <laughs> your team, Brooks, huh? I I think I'm. Still I love with Brooks Kepka. Did you Did you see the the video of his interview when um, DeChambeau walks by and he just rolls his eyes and like starts cussing? They, they apparently they hate each other. I had no idea. Well, did you see what? Uh, so they were asking brooks about putting and he was saying it was hard to putt because it was so windy uh or hitting something because of the wind the wind was affecting shots and when bryce and dechambeau walked behind him uh, as he said it was hard to wit hard because of the wind bryson said well he just got to put it on the right line like under his breath (laughs) i didn't know what he said (laughs) And brooks hated it (laughs) oh i love it yeah i gotta stick with yeah that's gonna be a fun rivalry i think phil is as cool as the other side of the pillow he's just so fun to watch um, definitely looking forward to the matchup with uh, him and Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and all them coming up soon. Um, I saw a tweet by Phil, I think it was like last summer, about him getting uh, 350 yards on a drive in carry. Yeah. And somebody asked him. He had the well, longest <laughs> drive on of the day. Well, no, no, no. This was, uh, this was a while back because somebody asked oh. him. They, they responded to his tweet and said, well, was it down the fairway? And he said, did you hear what I said? 350 yards on the carry. <laughs> Just like completely ignoring whether it was straight or not. <laughs> it's like, no, it wasn't straight, but I don't care. I smashed the crap out of the ball. And so, yeah, anytime you just he, watch that dude, he's just so much fun. I can't ever root against Phil. He does have that good attitude. He always talks about just hitting bombs, and he's yep. always, like, trying to emphasize his calves. So uh, <laughs> got to appreciate uh, Mickelson. Got to appreciate Lefty getting that win. My favorite, I think, is Ricky Fowler, but also mm. I really like Tony Finau. But uh, neither of those guys wins very much. They just play well, which I, I can I can relate to that, being pretty good but not great. <laughs> so, uh, hey, those, man, those if you can't play good, favorites. at least look good, though, and Ricky is the drip king I, of the golf course. Yep. Plus uh, Ricky hits Cobras, which I, which I hit. <laughs> Because you sold them to me for dirt cheap. <laughs> I still don't think you paid me for them. I did. I know I did. Mm-mm. Debatable. Hey, do we want to talk uh, about chicken sandwiches? Is that what we're going to start power ranking first? Well, I guess we probably... Golf clubs would have been a more natural segue, actually. So. <laughs> boo, Cody, <laughs> <Yeah>. boo. <laughs> Brent, start us off what you're thinking here. Well... What am I thinking about? Chicken sandwiches or golf clubs? Golf you gotta clubs. tell me these things. Okay. Golf <laughs> so sandwiches. I'm just gonna give you my top three. Okay. And that's what I got you'll as well. Probably have you're probably gonna be just very, very different. But my number one club is easily the seven iron. Okay. Because you can hit it on most every hole, and it's pretty forgiving. At real. You you said your number one club. I was sure you were going chicken sandwiches first, so I'm <laughs> gearing up, ready to hear, like, a name of a chicken sandwich company, like, Chick-fil-A, best by far. And then, no, the seven. I'm like, what? Well, how I, did I you take, think I was talking about chicken sandwiches? Cody just told me to talk about golf clubs. I I take full responsibility. Yeah, that's on me. I, you know, it was a little bit confusing. There were We were heading in all sorts of different directions there. We were talking about golf clubs. All right. 
All right, number two, the surprise, Popeyes. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, number two <laughs> is, um, and this one's probably a little controversial. I love my hybrid. It's like a uh, four, basically. And, uh, yeah, it's probably hated amongst many in the golf community for being probably a cheating club. But, man, I, that thing gets me out of tough spots. I can hit the crap out of it. And it's also uh, pretty forgiving. So you're going to notice a theme. I need forgiving um, clubs because I'm not good. So if I hit it, <laughs> I just want to see it go, even if it's not straight. And my third yeah. favorite club is my sand wedge because that is also somewhat uh, when I'm close, I need something that's going to just get the ball in the air. So those are my top three, seven iron hybrid and my sand. I'm going to go next because my list. list actually looks a lot like Brandon's. Hybrid took the number one spot for me. Um, currently, I don't bag any woods because they're expensive. Um, but like Brandon said, it's not if so you, easy. To... Not, not if you hit the garage sales. That's I got uh, my entire set for like five bucks. The clubs may be older than me, but hey, I've got woods, baby. <laughs> At that point, is wood. it even... <laughs> <laughs> so yeah if you if you don't want to use a club as old as father time and worry that it's going to snap off the handle anytime you take a swing um hybrid's a great option you can get some serious distance on it uh and a good amount of loft as well so i find myself using that all the time um similar to what you said the eight iron for me really solid choice um Wise man once said, if you can drive and hit an eight iron, all you got to worry about is putting after that. Because um, eight iron can do so much for you. Um, it is one of the best chipping clubs that you can use. can really power through some, some poor lies. Um, so I love chipping with an eight iron. And my third shot, or my third club, would be the putter. Uh, for two reasons. One, if you have a really good putter, like one of the higher ends, and you just hear the really satisfying ping, of like a medium power putt and when you actually are able to sink a putt that i might be able to do like one out of 20 times it's just one of the most satisfying feelings in the world uh also the putter is the easiest club to keep in the fairway i don't know if you guys have ever tried to do a putter only hole it's actually a lot of fun <laughs> um back in high school i was in a golf tournament and i saw these guys they all agreed to do a par three with only putters and they all got fours <laughs> it was actually really impressive um, wow. Sounds like a recipe for a broken putter. It really does. But they, they teed it up and just smashed it. And they all got, like, you know, a good 100 yards off of it. Whoa. Yeah. Well, you you putting the putter in your top three and me probably putting it in the bottom three shows the difference between our short games. Cause well, are we – what is the If I imagine list? a putter, I get anxious. Is it – this is just our favorite club? That's what I we're mean, doing? Pretty much. Okay. Because, like, my my list isn't totally accurate because, like, my putter is a piece of crap. Like, my putter is a, a father time putter. It doesn't have that satisfying ping, and I'm in desperate need of a new one. But I have the vague memory of when everything was right in the world, and I had a beautiful putter. And when I want, once made putts, that was, that was when everything was good. <laughs> See, I'm scarred from putting because when I putt, I get spontaneous Parkinson's, and then it's like 
you never know where you're going to end up. I'm most of the time going to putt and end off, end up off the green. So it's just putting is, it's like that meme of the dog that shows the attack helicopters in the background. Like I got PTSD from putting. It's just, <laughs> it's bad. Flashbacks of Nam. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I love that meme. All right, Trevin, what you got? Travis's Travis's top one I can tell you right now is his like seventy or what, what's your degree wedge that you have like fifty eight degree it's a, wedge. It's a sixty eight. Sixty eight degree that. wedge. I got him that for Christmas two years ago. Breaks it out and, every hole. And last year I found a seventy. Not every hole, but every round for sure. I found a seventy two, and it was the hardest thing I've ever done. Not purchasing that for him for the second holiday in a row. But he already does enough damage with the 68, so I decided to pass on it. Traff says, if I can hit this high enough, I can break the bottom of the hole. <laughs> I had a golf outing last week, a fundraiser outing uh, for work, and I, of course I broke the club out. You know I'd break out that, that high loft club. Uh, and the reason I break it out is because my short game around the fringe is so awful. I if I've got to get a pitching wedge and chip onto the green and get close right now it is atrocious. So, I figure I'll take out all the skill and I'll pull out this huge lofty wedge and just take a full swing at it and it'll go 5 yards. And so in this fundraising outing, I went out there and uh I took a full swing at it. I had to carry a bunker Uh-oh. and it was a skinny long bunker. <laughs> it went so high and five feet in front of me into the bunker, straight, straight into the bunker. Uh, so I I was only going to do two clubs because I felt like my game didn't warrant having three <laughs> favorites right now. Um, but I wasn't going to list the, the 68 degree, so that'll be my third club. <laughs> um, but my favorite club right now for sure is five my wood. three wood. I ah. am whoa. 3. Good good close code. <laughs> um I'm going 3 because if you watch me off the tees, I am a slice machine right now. And even when I'm not slicing, like I'm overcompensating so much and turning my hands over to try and compensate. That who knows where that ball's going? <laughs> and so uh my golf game is scrambling and how good can I scramble? Well, that'll be my game. And so the three wood is one of the clubs. I don't know why, Cody. You're a shot doctor a little bit, but I can hit the three wood pretty straight compared to my driver, and I rely on it pretty heavily. Uh, so three wood is is my favorite right now. And then we've already talked about number three, but number two, another get out of trouble club. Just trying to put it close. Uh, just the nine, nine iron. Trying to put it close with that thing. Um, I lo- that is one of the most satisfying shots is when you hit a, a high iron and put it close and just sp- it like grenade mortar right next to where you're aiming and it just doesn't move much that I love that shot so those are my three yeah I had that same shot that grenade mortar type shot but it landed on a turtle <laughs> I was there <laughs> yes that was horrific that I'm still sad about that. Also, uh, uh, not, I'm so glad it had a shell, but oh, it doesn't have a shell after I was done with it. Um, that turtle's got not, the flashbacks to Nam. That turtle died. 
<laughs> uh, not not to go completely off topic, but Cody, are you rocking a mustache? Uh yeah, I I am. Oh man, that's yeah, good for you. Yeah, it's it's a little. That's creepy. never off topic. That should always be on topic. That is beautiful. Yeah, you know, I was just shaving the other day, and you know, you usually like take off the neck beard and then the beard. And then give yourself like a Hitler stash for like a minute and giggle and then take it all off. But this time I just had the stash and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to keep it for a little bit because I'm not going anywhere. Um, I'm <laughs> going no to church tonight and I'm probably going to scare some people. Um, actually, Taylor told me she likes it. That's not I true. Really, I <laughs> seemed believable. Startled wow. me. I did not expect mm. it. But yeah, nobody really said anything other than that. We'll find out tonight. Well, speaking of great things, um, how about chicken sandwiches? Who wants to power rank their chicken sandwiches? Yeah, I'll Travis. start off with that because I think mine are a little bit controversial. <laughs> so because of that, I'm going to go ahead and uh, let Travis take the lead. And uh, I just love this delay that we have. Of potting I think from it's three on Travis. So because of the delay. Yeah, I'm super delayed today, and because of that, I was raising my hand to go first. Oh, I wasn't so looking at the screen. Trying to give you guys a clue that I would go, and Cody wasn't looking. Cody, Cody was <laughs> looking at, took at the his own um, little square because he was admiring his own mustache, <laughs> not noticing Travis where, raising his hand. <laughs> that's where my eyes sit at least forty percent of the time during this conversation we've had. I'm a fan. <clears throat> so, yeah, I'll jump into mine real quick. Uh, and my first choice, I I grew up. I was a Chick Fil A boy, um, but and and when Popeyes came out with their chicken sandwich, I was against it, thinking this can't, nothing can dethrone Chick Fil A. Well, boy was I wrong. And when I got the Popeyes chicken sandwich, it blew my mind. It is the juiciest, crispiest, just most flavorful chicken sandwich. Uh, and so Popeyes is my number one. Popeyes just came to town, and it's coming to town in my hometown. I'm super pumped about it, and I'm probably going to gain 15 pounds a month because of it. But uh, very excited for it. <laughs> and uh, so Popeyes surprisingly took my number one spot. Wait, number two. How, wait, how long is actually not? A, how long until Popeyes comes to Warsaw? They just demolished the building that used to be there so it'll be a while okay that's good that we can pot a little bit longer because if he's gaining 15 a month we will uh we will have a in remembrance of trav pod in about a year's time (laughs) and you know the popeyes workers actually have to get around to doing their job so who knows how long construction is actually going to take so number (laughs) number two trav so number two uh you would guess it would be Chick-fil-A after what I said there, but it is not. My number two chicken sandwich is actually KFC's chicken oh, sandwich. Oh, get out of town. Have you had it? Yes. Have you had it? It doesn't hold a candle to, mm. to Chick-fil-A. You're joking. Mm, the chicken and the hot mayo. No. The, it's like the original, so it's got the pickles, which I can give and take, but... Uh, mm, it is their so chicken, good. And three Chick Fil A. Their chicken is basically just like a boneless Great. version of their regular chicken, which they have an all-time good chicken. <laughs> Ooh, 
They have oh. a really good chicken. Yep. All right, Trav. All time good chicken. <laughs> you don't, Trav, you don't even get. He hasn't been to three, three rivers KFC. <laughs> <laughs> You've been cut off. Hey, okay, I'll give it to you. Three, three rivers KFC is hot garbage. They are bad. So maybe you guys need to come visit here's, me. Here's the thing. I've got a good KFC. Three, I'll try three a KFC rivers KFC is ninety percent of KFCs. <laughs> uh you know what i we're gonna do a blind chicken taste test sometime and we'll see we'll see what you guys have to say on this i think you're prejudiced against kfc oh shoot i've had it i don't know if you guys can hear me only once so maybe i just i mean it was the benton harbor kfc which enjoy uh, i've only had one time based on experience was uh right up there with with three rivers can you guys hear me? Well, you guys are so far behind me. Uh, Cody. <laughs> can you hear me? I can hear you, Code. <laughs> okay, good. My screen completely broke. <laughs> yeah, were you having there. a conversation with your mustache by yourself? <laughs> oh, so you could still hear me. Good. Okay. <laughs> hey, mustache, you look great. Yeah, Thanks. I was going <laughs> to... You, you look great, too, Code. I was going gonna... <laughs> to transition into another uh, Kernston's Rubber Nipples commercial break because of uh, my disconnect there. But no, Brandon, did you give your list? Cody, Cody, how about you go ahead and, and <laughs> okay, okay, I will. Um, I can go. I just I'm, I didn't know I'm what still, I missed. I'm still getting over Travis, uh, the blasphemy that's putting KFC above Chick Fil A. <laughs> but um, so Travis is right in some regards. One, I've gotten Popeyes quite a few times now because there's one in Benton Harbor. Um. And I've had the best chicken sandwich I've ever had at Popeye's. But the consistency is just not there. Um, And that's based on, I think, obviously the service. You know, sometimes you're going to get it like it's it's literally just drowning in mayo. And other times it's like maybe they, they gave you like one half a squirt of mayo. And it's just... You just never know what you're going to get with Popeye's. It could be the best chicken sandwich of your life, and it, or it could or just be, be almost like <laughs> or, or they'll be out, or it'll be literally like dripping in grease. Like the last one I had, I, I could almost not finish it because it was so greasy. And I was like, oh, this is not how I've had it before. So as far as ceiling, Popeye's has the highest ceiling, uh, but average time you get it chick-fil-a is number one just based on the consistency you're always gonna get what you ordered and in general the floor is way higher at chick-fil-a so it's close it's like 1a 1b but chick-fil-a still retains number one i want to put popeyes one but they just they're not it's popeyes they're they're not the elite food service uh that you get at chick-fil-a so chick-fil-a 1a Popeye's 1B, and I don't even know if there is a worthy successor for 3, because I had the chick- the KFC and it was okay, but it just wasn't even close to those two. And uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick the worst one, because there's a lot in the middle, but I just want to bash on a couple of these. And I would bash on McDonald's because uh, theirs is just hot garbage. I mean, it's like it's like a better quality chicken than maybe the McChicken. But the, the fact that this is what they trot out to compete with Chick-fil-A and Popeye's is ridiculous. 
So yes, I, I was. I don't want to bash on them because they need all the help they can get. Who I want to bash on is Arby's, because Arby's had the gall to get rid of the chicken cordon blue, mm. and then. They say, okay, now we're going to get into Chicken Wars. They finally announce in their commercials. They're coming out with the chicken sandwich. I'm thinking, okay, maybe they can replace the chicken cordon bleu, which is a number one sandwich in my heart. Like, that's top tier. I go to Arby's. I'm all excited about trying their new chicken sandwich, and they didn't even have it on their menu yet. They're advertising it nationally. Arby's, you are dead to me. What are you doing? Okay, you still got curly fries. I appreciate that. But you got rid of the chicken cordon bleu. You told me that there was another chicken sandwich coming, and it wasn't even there. So Arby's, I'm just done, and I'm very upset with you. So you get last place, Arby's, even behind the garbage circle that McDonald's calls a chicken sandwich. So there's my rankings. Cody, take it away. So, do you know what that chicken sandwich was supposed to look like from Arby's? Because I think we got it here in Three Rivers. Like every other chicken sandwich. The chicken uh, and okay. then, like, two pickles. Yeah. So, I, I guess maybe they had two entries, and I didn't know about their more standard one. Because they had another one that was like, hey, it's our new chicken sandwich. And they put on, like, eight different types of meat. And it was, like, the meat mountain or something like that. The mountain of meat. Oh, yeah. And I got was, it once. Yeah. It, it, it was, like, ten bucks, though. It was not worth it. Some of it was pretty good, but like you couldn't even bite it because it was so big, and a lot of the meat was really dry. Um, just not as good as you might I hope can't it would be. Bite it. <laughs> can't just can't bite it. Yeah. No, so yeah, that was I would like agree their, with you. That was like their first like official entry or whatever, where they're trying to like say, "Hey, we're a part of the Chicken Wars too." But then they actually put out a chicken sandwich, like an official chicken sandwich, and they didn't even. They, it wasn't even on the menu, so I'm upset, and uh, you should be too. Yeah, definitely disappointing. <laughs> uh, not too shocking is my number one Chick-fil-A. As Brandon said, the consistency is just above any other restaurant, honestly, in my opinion. Uh, the one that I frequent in Portage uh, continually has lines of, like, 15, 20 cars, and you can get through it in you know, a little over five minutes. They just speed people through there. And uh, I really appreciate that. The majority of my rant was going to be leveled at Popeye's, and Brandon already did a good job of uh, handling that. I've actually never had a Popeye's chicken sandwich because they've never had it when I was there. <laughs> and I've also never gone to Popeye's where it didn't take them more than 30 minutes to get me my food. So I have no plans of returning. I really don't. So, my number two, I have a question for you guys. Have you ever been to Raising Cane's? Uh, I don't no. believe in the state of Ohio. Well, they have it in Mishawaka. Uh, um, that was the birthplace, oh. was Ohio. But they, it is branching out. Um, I've only been to it in Ohio when I've gone to see Reds games. But um, that was arguably my favorite part of those trips. Um, Cane's, arguably the best chicken uh, throw it on a chicken sandwich, and it is still sublime. So very fantastic. Know, you should give it a shot. Travis would want to fight you about KFC's chicken. <laughs> it's good. I, I think I'm all for Travis's uh, blind taste test idea. I think we got to get some free samples from somewhere. We'll give them some shout-outs even more than we are already. See if we can get some chicken sponsors. Number three is a, a bit of a hot I have take. a – oh, never mind. 
Um, and I'm not even necessarily convinced myself, but it's just kind of old reliable for me. And that's Wendy's. Now, I'm not necessarily sure that if you're talking like premier chicken, that Wendy's necessarily should be mentioned in the, you know, the same conversations as Chick-fil-A, Cane's, Popeye's. But Wendy's has some good quality chicken. And have you ever gotten like their Asiago chicken with bacon and ranch and lettuce? Like that's just a good lunch. And I get that. That's my number one go-to when I'm at Wendy's. Except now it takes you 30 minutes to get through Wendy's and Three Rivers. So my Asiago intake levels have taken a serious hit. I agree with you, Code. Uh, the Asiago is amazing. That is a fantastic chicken sandwich. Fantastic sandwich. Mm-hmm. I would just put it in the sandwich category of just being fantastic. Um, but a question for you guys. What, what makes a good chicken sandwich for you? Is it the chicken is it a mix of everything probably but or do you like like the asiago chicken sandwich is loaded so it's got cheese it's got lettuce tomato like and even chick-fil-a you can get a lot of stuff on your sandwich that chick-fil-a sauce what uh what does it for you that puts something on top of the list here's what i will say i think the quality of the chicken establishes the floor you know if you just have crap chicken like if if you're talking about like the burger king weird rectangle chicken sandwich i don't care what you put on that it's not gonna be that good it might be just decent at best you're talking about the original like the really long chicken sandwich yes i am do not slander that sandwich don't slander that that sandwich code oh it used to be my number one i love it average (laughs) i mean it is average Is is the quality of that chicken like good? No, that one's for okay. real. So straight out of the. Freezer. I'm not. I'm not saying it's bad. And it's a lot like Burger King. But it's good. Or a lot though. like Popeyes, where you don't know what quality you're gonna get. Burger King has some that. pretty bad service. I hate that. I mean, anything that comes out of Burger King. I took Dad to get a frozen Coke from Burger King, um, actually years ago. And it tasted like <laughs> there was probably some mold in the in the soda machine. And it's like, that's what we thought when we were taking sips of it. He's like, does this taste right to you? And I said, absolutely not. And we chucked it. So years later, Dad says to me, we're out on a drive. And he says, hey, I, I really need a frozen Coke. <laughs> and I was like, all right, do we maybe do we risk going to Burger King? <laughs> maybe it was just that one time. It was years ago. And he's like, yeah, I'm willing to I'm willing to try again. We go back, it's the same taste. I think they probably haven't cleaned that machine since the last time we were there, probably 2017. Burger <laughs> King is just shady. We showed up there. They've got, like, panels missing from their menu. The place looks like they have been in the zombie apocalypse for at least a couple months now, and everybody else is, just hasn't gotten there yet. That's the impression I get from Burger that- King. They can have good food, but the quality is I heard. <laughs> I heard a, a story... Uh, about the Three Rivers Burger King from someone who used to work there. And I think it was like their iced tea or something. You know those things that just sit out there and you can go fill it? I don't think they ever cleaned it because somebody said uh, they pushed the button (laughs) and just like gnats came out. (laughs) No. (laughs) That's the worst thing. But, Bran, I do have a hot take on the, the long chicken sandwich. 
longtime favorite with a lot of my friends. I've had this hot debate with them, and I I got angry with them. I said what you said. Don't blasphemy the long chicken sandwich. Well, I got it. I get it pretty often because it's really good. But I got it uh, recently as this chicken war has been going on, and we're eating more and more chicken sandwiches. And I I hope it was due to that Burger King just struggling, but it was... It's very subpar. <laughs> okay. I think I'm just taking like a to... giant dump on your guys' childhood. I think that's why there's so much aggression I'm being <laughs> met with right now. Because you know here's... that the floor is just lower for a Burger King sandwich than a Popeye's or a Chick-fil-A or even a Wendy's. Here's, here's how I the think. The ceiling is lower, too. So uh, the Burger King <laughs> quality, you know, is like it's basement level. Like, that chicken is, like, out of a Tyson bag, right? But in the same way, like, when you pick up... Okay, imagine this. You've worked a long day in the cornfields, you know, going back to our summers working in the corn. And you are just ravenous with hunger. And you have only a couple bucks in your pocket. You know, you got, like, six bucks. You know what you can get with that six bucks? A five Little Caesars pizza. Yeah, hot and ready. And that quality is pretty low. Like, you know what you're putting in your body, but holy cow, does it satisfy. Like, of course, if you actually got, like, a real quality pizza from, like, a um, like a local place that, you know, they hand-toss the dough, you know, it's there's, a, there's levels to it. You know that Little Caesars is way down here, and anything with real quality ingredients is going to be better. But you know it, you accept it, and you love it. And that that Little Caesars <laughs> goes in, it goes out real quick, but it, it hit just right. And that's with Burger King. Those <laughs> long chicken sandwiches are not. Like, I don't even consider it a part of the chicken wars because, like, Travis asked about what's important with those chicken sandwiches. It's all about the chicken. The Burger King chicken sandwich is not all about the chicken. It's, like, just the way everything comes together. It's, like, the chicken with the texture that comes together with the mayo and the lettuce and the cheese and the bun. It's not the a- hot mayo and the hot lettuce. Yes! It just does something magical with that. And the long bun, like it's not too much bread. The chicken sandwich, the chicken itself, you're right, is not on par it's, with it's the rest of this conversation. Of and not. that's why the floor is seriously <laughs> limited by the quality of the chicken. So you can First get a all, really tasty Cody, sandwich. The floor is the roof with burger king so (laughs) well seeing how we have spent let's see here uh, almost 40 minutes not talking about sports (laughs) maybe we should i was gonna ask about that if we should just just i've completely commit to (laughs) wacky wednesday or if we should try and switch gears here well, I, I think I have a good it. intermediary to uh, kind of bring us back. It's still part of Wacky Wednesday, but I think it's a good way to bring us back to sports in a wacky way. So uh, that is, we have finally had someone call in to our podcast phone number. Are you, and I listened to it, and it is a beautiful voicemail. Are You, you guys want to hear it? Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's do it. All right. So as a reminder, uh, our phone number is 
my Cody, M I Michigan, M I Cody, for you number folks, two three four five six four two six three nine. Call it, text it. You can say anything you want, um, and if it's good, we'll play it. So, and this message will tell you our the quality of uh, <laughs> how high quality it needs to be or not. So, here it goes for you guys. Matthew Holbrook in my hot take. I'm going to give it to you right here. My hot take is that Damian Lillard, Dame Time, best point guard in the NBA currently. You might argue Steph Curry. Steph Curry? No, it's not him. It's Damian Lillard, best point guard to play at least in the past 15 years. I'm going to give you my top five point guards of all time. Number one, Damian Lillard. Two through five, doesn't matter because <laughs> Damian Lillard is the best. Um, also, also, I'm just going to go out and say it. Uh, Detroit Red Wings, I know it's the Michigan podcast, so I'll, I'll, I'll cater and pander to the Michigan audience. Detroit Red Wings, one of the greatest hockey franchises. And that's not even a hot take. That's just a fact. One of the greatest hockey franchises to ever, ever skate the rink. But don't forget that. Also, the Buckeyes suck. Go blue. I'm a Purdue fan, so I feel a little weird saying that. But Michigan, second best team in the Big Ten. I know that's also not a super hot take because, you know, anyone listening to this is probably a Michigan fan. But, yep, that's it. God bless. Thank you for listening to this, at least. Have a merry night. Go Hoosiers! No. <laughs> what, what was that at the end? So, my favorite. I think that was Go Hoosiers. <laughs> Uh, his, yeah, his wife in the background goes, go Hoosiers. Oh. And then like two seconds later, you just hear him end with no, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I absolutely adore glad that. He's his, glad he's got his priorities straight. So I, I don't know who that <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, priorities but, uh... are Dame Lillard and only Dame Lillard. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that must be someone you guys know from Grace. Yeah, he lived in my hall. Oh, he's a man. fun dude, yeah, Matt Holbrook. He's Hallberg. awesome. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I love the fantastic two dude. through five doesn't <laughs> even some matter. Fantastic <laughs> sports takes too. Oh man. Also, uh, I love the red. I figured that would be a fun Matt. time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was a few things from that call. I feel like we could branch out from um, one being the Red Wings. It's NHL playoff time. And then, two, it's NBA playoff time. He's talking about Dame time. And, uh, man, I've had a blast watching the NBA playoffs so far. And I, it's been a lot of fun. I've told somebody just today, I'm having more fun cheering against people, though, than cheering for people in the playoffs. Uh, and then NHL playoffs are going on, and the people I'm cheering against in the NBA is often people who are just annoying. They complain. They flop. And... It's making me wish I was a bigger NHL fan because they're so hardcore. The sport is awesome. Uh, peak athletes who are just, if they get hit in the face with a puck and get teeth knocked out, they punch each other, and it's like nothing happened. Uh, just the toughest humans. So <clears throat> I think it's time for us to maybe reassess our priorities, and maybe we need to just dive full into the Red Wings, uh, leave everything else behind, and just wear the winged tires with a badge of pride. Uh, <laughs> Trev, you're probably picking the absolute <laughs> worst time 
in human history to be a Red Wings fan. You you realize that, right? Hey, but you know what? When the yes, I do. But when they rise from the ashes, we can look back and say we really grabbed onto them when they were garbage, and when they do rise and become a beautiful glowing phoenix again. We were there when they were in the ashes. We were there when they were garbage. And we can really hold on tight to their glory days that are coming. So would you think, would you argue that the Red Wings are the Detroit franchise nearest playoff contention? No, I would not. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, let's get into that. You must know something something that we don't if you're ready to take on another heartbreak team like that. Because we've well, got before, enough to handle. <laughs> before we jump into those uh, franchises, I just want to and Cody help me here because I've got I think I've got two of them. I'm trying okay. to guess in my head the top players that Travis is cheering against in the NBA playoffs, and obviously one is LeBron James. Yeah, I think obviously I think number two might be Trey Young. That would no that would be mine. Travis, I, have, I think no. I've talked to Travis about that. So, he doesn't mind Trey that much. I don't mind uh, one. I don't like his game. It fits the what I'm talking about with annoying, like he's hunting for fouls. And what I like about him though is that the entire state of New York hates him right now. <laughs> like even the mayor of New York in his speech yesterday had a whole portion of the speech dedicated to Trey Young and telling him that he was playing the game the wrong way and it was a disgrace to the sport. And it's just so fun to watch the whole. Madison Square Garden just <laughs> hate one guy. So I really like that, but you're right. Like his style of play fits the narrative of why I want to become an NHL fan. So who, um, who else are you cheering against then? Uh Brooklyn. The oh, Nets okay. are oh, yeah. I think the most it's it's the Lakers and Brooklyn are the most unlikable teams. Uh Speaking of Brooklyn, Brooklyn, I've got my Detroit reasons because Blake Griffin uh, turned his back and was a tool to us. But besides that, even if he didn't do that, Kevin Durant is so annoying. He's a baby. Kyrie uh, treats basketball like a part-time gig. They're both amazing athletes, but Kyrie's bonkers. I I don't know what's going on with that guy. And then Harden, you know I've always kind of liked how Harden pushes people's buttons. But adding him to this team, uh, I'm out on Harden. Uh, I'm fully out on the Nets. So cheering hard against them. And then uh, the 76ers, I don't know what it is, but Embiid and uh, Ben Simmons really don't like cheering for them either. So it's been a lot of fun to cheer against these guys. Speaking of Brooklyn, do you guys just like 100% hate Blake for how he treated Detroit? Or like, where are you at with him? If he were to win a title with Brooklyn, what would your thoughts be on that? I am, he is, it's, it's almost like he was not a piston to me. Like, he's just, I'm just indifferent to him now. Uh, where I loved him when he came. And like, I, you and I bought his jersey. Like, yeah. I have his jersey hanging up behind me. It stares at me and in my so closet. That's a pretty big like a fall, fool. but I, <laughs> I don't hate him uh, as a person. Like, outside of basketball, I think he's hilarious. And I think we'll be seeing him for a long time because he's so personable. But, but that bas- what he did to Detroit and kind of, that was pretty scummy. 
Well, as, as you guys know, I've been long on the rebuild train. Uh, I wanted to throw in the towel a long time ago. So I'm just happy that he moved on so that we could move on to the younger guys. And that's kind of when he left is where we kind of start to see Sadiq Bey kind of come out and uh, turn into the player he's been. So I'm, I don't really care. Uh, I, honestly, Blake Griffin's a footnote for the Nets. I mean, he, he used to be a superstar, so I, it, it doesn't take up much headspace over here. But, um, yeah, just uh, also I don't like the Nets in general, but I find them interesting to watch because I think that they're just there's a lot of drama there. So they're good. They're good TV. That's for sure. Yep. So of the teams we talked about, uh, we got the Tigers in there as well every, and Lions. Every Detroit team is rebuilding right now. Every, every single one. Which, that is crazy. Um, what? Where do you guys think we stand there in the rebuild? And the, I guess the question is, and Code, we'll start with you. Let's have you answer first. Okay. Which Detroit team do you think um, has is closest to the playoffs? I think it's got to be the Pistons, honestly. Um, so we're looking at a 20-win team. Uh, really, really poor, obviously. Um, but for a team that lost so much, they were really in a lot of games. Uh, they had a lot of single-digit losses, a lot of leads given up in the fourth quarter. Um, an interesting stat that I want to bring to you guys is that the Detroit Pistons shot. Um, they were fifth. They were sorry. They shot 75.9% from the free throw line, which ranks 24th in the NBA, which is really bad actually um but they got to the line the fifth most in the league so they're getting to the line and they're missing more free throws than most other teams in the nba that's a ton of points left on the board there and a problem that i think can be remedied um especially if we are bringing in um some young scoring guards uh particularly cade cunningham uh if we can draft cade we can all of a sudden start getting a little bit of scoring to our backcourt. And, you know, I don't think we're going to all of a sudden start winning next year, even with Cade. But come 2022, we're not going to be paying for Blake anymore. We can make one more big signing in free agency. And all of a sudden, we've got, you know, Cade Cunningham, Sadiq Bey, Isaiah Stewart, Jeremy Grant, and some other medium-level star that we can sign. And all of a sudden... We're a pretty solid team. I'd also like to point out that you didn't. What you didn't even list Killian Hayes. Point guard code. I forgot. I was going <laughs> to. We've also got point guard of the year Killian Hayes, who's going to oh. lead us into the next decade. <laughs> I should have left that take for Trav, um, who's going to lead <laughs> yeah, us to not one, not two. Not five, not six, not but seven championships from Killian Hayes and company. Um, All right. What what I was gonna say real quick is uh, defensive points per game. Can you guys guess where they ranked? Last. They were actually in tenth place for defensive points Whoa. per game. Defense very solid. It's not something that you'd expect, just uh, keeping casual track of the scores and them always, you know, losing. But defense wasn't the problem. They're not scoring enough. And so if we can bolster our offense through adding somebody like Cade, um, and we've actually got a really deep point guard, scoring point guard pool in this coming draft, 
Um, I think that could be a huge addition to the Pistons, and they're not too far off. Um, I've got other reasons why the Lions and Tigers are much further, but I'll mention those later because I've been talking for quite a while. Go ahead, Trav. Okay. Uh, This may surprise people like our superfan Nathan out there, but I actually think the Pistons are the closest to the playoffs as well. Uh, And my reasons being is the NBA playoffs, I think, are the easiest playoffs to make. Uh, You could be a bad team (laughs) with a losing record and be the 10th seed. You could be the 10th best team in your division and make a play-in game for the playoffs. Mm. And from there, you just got to win two games and you're in. If you make a play-in game, does that count? No, it doesn't. Um, It doesn't count as the playoffs. But Does it count to make the play-in game in March Madness? (laughs) (laughs) All jokes, all jokes. Let's keep moving. (laughs) So uh, I think you're right, Code. Um, I think you nailed it. And with the draft coming up for the Pistons, I'm all in on Cade. We have to get Cade. It's it's luck. It's just a lottery. If we get Cade, man, boy, this team's looking like they are on the right track. But I saw a draft board uh, that had us going like second or third and drafting Evan Mobley, and I that I wanted to vomit. Uh, if we get Evan Mobley out of this draft, I am so done with the, these guys. What's what's uh, wrong with Evan Mobley? Like, he's a center that put up mediocre stats at UCLA. Uh, USC. He's very athletic. Yes. Yeah. Thanks. USC. I got you. Um, <clears throat> uh, I, I I knew it was USC. I, I got to watch him play. I went to the March Madness game where. They just got their butts handed to them. Um, and maybe that's why I'm so out on him. But he is a freak athlete. But I think there is three or four different guys ahead of him that I would rather see them get. Uh, centers, you just need somebody who can jump high and who's physical. And if you've got good guards around him, that's all you need in the NBA. Like, just throw it up to him. Watch these NBA games, these playoff games going on. And their centers are just freak athletes. They've got good guards who are driving or dishing, and they drive and throw it up to them when they get into trouble, and the center gets an easy two points. So I don't think that position is as important. I'd go Cade. If they can't get Cade, I think it's uh, Jalen Green looks awesome. He's proven to play well against NBA talent in the G League. Uh, he is really good. I'd probably take him next, and then um, what's his name from Gonzaga? He also looks good, but... He's my third option. So, uh, Pistons, yes, but talking about the other teams, since you talked about Pistons code, the Lions, I know Brandon's going to talk about, we want to talk about them to end this pod. The Lions have some interesting pieces. We're going to learn a lot about this Lions team this year, whether Jared Goff is the real deal, whether Dan Campbell's the real deal at coach. Uh, And if there is any inklings that they have real deal qualities this conversation is going to be different uh, after next year so uh, the lions are on the, on the watch list tigers red wings do better that's all i gotta say <laughs> boy i just i'm i'm surprised at the amount of uh hate for evan mobley is that i mean yeah that as far as like 
as, as far as like what you would want a center to be in the NBA, I think he checks literally every single box. Pretty <laughs> ideal. <laughs> and I agree. I actually yeah, agree he's, that you're he's right. A, Isaiah. That position is less valuable than it used to be. But you st- like, but you could lock down that position for the next like twelve yes. years. <laughs> yes, but and then, like, and what with the guys more. around him? Yeah, I was just saying, like him and uh, Isaiah Stewart together. Man, that Ooh. that's gonna be that would be nasty. So. I'm 100% fine. If if they miss out on Cade, I think that Mobley is a great pick. Uh, but that's that's a conversation for another time uh, because I, I guess I should actually answer the question. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, honestly, I feel like all of the franchises are, are in very similar positions. I, I really do like the core that the Pistons have. Um, I love some of the pieces that they've added. Um, and it's honestly all going to depend on, I think, where they land in, in the lottery. I think if they add Cade, that they're the easy answer, that he would make them in, to be in playoff contention. But we won't know that for a little bit. Um, Tigers is so hard to say. Tigers and Lions, because of their divisions, I – Trav said that it's easier to make the NBA playoffs, but at the same time, I feel like the Pistons have harder competition to, to compete against when the the Tigers division is awful right now. And it's hard to say what it'll be, you know, a year or two down the road. And at the same time, with Aaron Rodgers vacationing in Hawaii right now, he's not at, you know, minicamp. He doesn't want to be in Green Bay. Who knows what's going to happen with them? Uh, the Bears are the Bears. It's really going to all hinge on Justin Fields. Who knows? Vikings are, are just constantly pretty mediocre. So I I feel like an absolute idiot that I'm about to say this, but because both of you said the Pistons, because I was going to say the Pistons, I'm going to say the Lions. Dan Campbell is going to bite off kneecaps, and in a couple years we could be actually competing for the playoffs. And uh, yeah, how's that Kool Aid taste and brand? Uh, you know what? Honolulu Blue is my favorite flavor, and uh, (laughs) I'm uh, (laughs) I actually really don't believe what I'm saying because I've always watched the Lions suck, and they never. It is a loaded question. The thing is, we're making you pick one. They, they, uh, they have made the playoffs, but they lose in the playoffs, and that's the question: is contention? It's not winning. So could they make the playoffs in the next couple of years? Ah, they shouldn't. Oh, it's so dumb. Their linebackers suck. But I thought you were going to be trying to convince us how they're going to go over five games. Yeah, that was my original thought. <laughs> but I didn't want to say Pistons and make it a Pistons sweep. And I don't believe in the Tigers. I, I, like, I think the Tigers have some pieces, but the quality and depth – that you need in a farm system. I just don't think they have that. They basically just shipped out all their, their great assets and got beans in return, but they've got some good young pitchers. Casey Mize is starting to come around. Um, they've got some bats in, in the minor leagues, but they'll, they'll be a few years before they're, they're major league ready. Anyways, let me tell you, you know what? Let me tell you why nobody picked the tigers. 
<laughs> the Tigers are batting 229 as a team. That's the worst they've batted in the 21st century. Their best batter, Candyman Candelario, batting a very respectable 280. But he's 27 now, so we're probably seeing uh, the last few games he'll play as a Tiger uh, real soon. <laughs> he's getting a little ancient at 27 years old. We've got three players batting over 200. Their ages, 27, 29, and 31. So we're not going to be seeing any of them for too much longer. And the Tigers also have uh, often proclaimed uh, the worst bullpen in baseball. They just came off of an 18-game losing streak not too long ago. There's there's nothing cooking in Detroit as far as baseball goes. I don't know, Coach. Except for, except yeah. for Spencer Turnbull just tossed a no-hitter, uh, which usually would get you excited. But in baseball nowadays, it's like the, what is it, eighth one this year? Something yeah, stupid like that? Sixth? Yeah, it's They're like insane. two away from the year record, and we're not even close to the all-star break yet. Michael, so Michael something's Ful- wrong with baseball. Michael Fulmer, career resurgence in the bullpen code. So there's that. Uh, All right, there's, you know there's one. That's huge, Code. That's huge. Here's uh, anyways, I I don't I don't love the stock of any of these, but I never really committed. Oh, Pistons, I think is the right answer, but I'm just gonna say I'm gonna commit to the bit. Lions, um, it's the wrong answer, but Dan Campbell. Is gonna is gonna have belief, and that's the thing is they never had belief in Patricia or Quinn. Like those guys were just Trav said it last podcast. They were turds, and I, I think there's gonna be a little bit of uh, momentum behind a coach that was a player that wants to just fight and scrap. And I'm just gonna lead into my next argument. I think the Lions can scrap their way to five wins. They had five wins last year, and, I mean, they were so bad last year. Like, just so painful bad last year. And if you look at the roster, I mean, it's comparable and, in some cases, better in some areas than it was last year. So, co- let's say coaching. Not in the secondary. Better or, better or worse this year, coaching? Better. I hope better, but I don't really know anything about this guy. Other than that, I like him, but he just seems like a little bit of a crazy man that's going to get you hyped to run through a wall, but does he actually have coaching chops? Uh, we'll see. Yeah, that's probably the correct answer, Cody, but uh, a can of Pringles would be an improvement over <laughs> Matt Patricia. And so that this yeah. can of Pringles is going to also motivate. So... Uh, Dan Campbell, I guess I should say can of soup, not can of Pringles. This can of soup is going to be an upgrade over go. Matt Patricia, the the turd turdish person. Um, In terms so coaching, of expectations for Dan Campbell, what kind of soup is he? Uh, I'm going to say chicken and dumplings. Chunky, chunky. Well, what what kind of chunky? That's a whole brand. <laughs> I thought that was the Campbell's type. Chicken Campbell's and dumplings. <laughs> okay. All right. So coaching. Arrow up. Now, I will admit, quarterback, arrow down. However, 
it's not going to be as terrible. It's not like you're going from your your veteran to like a rookie starter. Jared Goff is a veteran and uh, he 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 won't be as good as Stafford, but he can he'll, he'll manage. So, yes, that's stock down, but it's not like cratered. Yes, Travis. I'll compare it to we we lost uh, a great quarterback in my opinion the best i'll say great because he was the best our franchise has ever seen ever by far but we we replaced him with a guy who is younger who if you compare their first five-year stats is better um but also i compare this like we we had this love affair with matthew stafford he gave this heartfelt goodbye video that made me cry a little bit (laughs) uh so we lost this guy that we're like He's awesome to Detroit, and we're bringing in a guy who is pretty good. Um, I feel like this is kind of like in the office where Michael Scott left, and they still had years of the show left to go. And it was still a great – it wasn't nearly what Michael Scott was, but it was still the office. Oh, no. It was still a really good show. It was still very good. So That's that's a really bad comparison because if you're saying that Stafford is Michael Scott, that means – that Jared Goff is either D'Angelo Vickers or Robert California or Andy Bernard. Robert California. <laughs> I hope he's Robert California. Okay, well, actually. That's my hope. I hope he's not. If he's Andy Bernard, we are up a creek and we are toast. But Or Nelly. <laughs> my, my unpopular opinion is that I actually do like Robert California. And I actually like D'Angelo Vickers. <laughs> No one likes. D'Angelo I feel like D'Angelo Vickers, Vickers like gets him. way too much hate. I thought he was great. Anyway, I think we. Yeah, and yeah, all I'm saying the is the show continued. Him. the The show did did roll on, so I, I actually that was a, a fine comparison. I just the the drop off. I mean, Michael going from Michael to anyone else is is pretty rough. So we hope it's not like quite like that. But at the same time, I'll embrace my yeah. Robert California. Um, and hopefully uh, Jared Goff doesn't give many metaphors in his post-game interviews. Um, so I'm the lizard king. <laughs> okay, I gotta. I can't. Here's I gotta the thing, though. Robert he's California. got a completely. <laughs> he's got a completely depleted wide receiver core too. He's got absolutely nothing to work with, and so okay. you're not just talking about a drop off in quarterback talent. He's got a drop off of Arsenal to work with as well. So, offense wasn't even the problem last year. It was defense. Their defense, their defensive line is going to be improved. Their secondary yep. is still absolutely garbage, and now but, their offense is going to be really rough as well. But okay, I defensive just, line. I struggle to Better see how they're going to be competitive worse this in year. any game. Better. Better. Okay. Uh, linebackers. Hmm. Better. I'm not sure. I think it's basically the same to better um it also might be the weakest position on the team but it's not going to be necessarily worse than last year uh secondary better or worse worse potentially better why worse our best our best cornerback this year is jeff okuda who got shredded last year that's who we're leaning on as our now veteran presence in his second year um you know, we've made a couple additions. Um, no, like, nothing like our signing last year. I'm spacing on his name. 
uh, Desmond Trufant. And even he was, you know, just a good veteran presence. We don't have anything like that, I think. Wait, so so you know. think I that— I see it as a decrease. You, you think that losing Trufant is going to be a big deal? I'm not saying it's a big deal. I'm saying that I don't think we've made any super notable improvements to the area. No, it, it's it's not uh, it's not a huge movement either way. But I also think losing Trufant and losing Justin Coleman is not hurting this team. When Trufant played, which he didn't play that much, he got torched constantly. Um, I think that Okuda, with some better coaching, is going to improve. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Amani Oruwurie, and I think he'll get better. And uh, I think that it's going to be better next year. Not by leaps and bounds. I just, no. The arrow is, if there's like a colored arrow, it's like light green. But it's not dark green. I think it's a little better. I think it's trending up for the next few years, but I, I, I struggle to see them being really any better this year, just one year removed from last year. Um, That's my point, though. Last year, okay. they were they were... They had five wins last year. This year, they're going to have one more game to have another opportunity to win. Now, going back to what you said, uh, offensive line, better or worse? Better. Definitely. And uh, running backs? Um, worse. I can't remember the recent movements in the running back department. Well, we don't have carry on anymore. Worse, but they still have a good starter. Right. Or Adrian right. Peterson. Well, you know, honestly, Adrian Peterson uh, had a couple good games. I, I think anyone can do what he did last year. And they also did, I think you might be forgetting, they signed uh, Jamal Williams. from. Uh, that's from what Bay. I was trying to think. Is oh, like, I, yeah. So I'm actually I'm okay. going to say that's a net positive because I think that car- – or not carry on – uh, DeAndre Swift, I think, is going to maybe break out this year Man. because he's going to be kind of the center of the offense where because of the wide receiver situation, it's going to basically be how can we feature DeAndre Swift? He's a great receiving back. He can run between the tackles, and then he'll be spelled by uh, Jamal Williams. So I think running back slightly net positive. So Yep, I would team, agree with that. Team-wide. I forgot about I Jamal think, Williams. I think we're looking at uh, really the only ones that you can say for sure are down is uh, wide receiver, which is a dark red, uh, which already was poor last year. So at the same time, you're like, sure, we're going to be worse, but like you can't be that much worse. <laughs> and uh, uh, quarterback. That's huge, obviously, quarterback and wide receiver. But if you're better in the trenches and you establish a running game and your defense improves – and here's the biggest factor. I think the division is going to be worse next year. So if if you're competing against the, the teams in your division, you're going to play these teams twice. So who knows what you're going to get with Green Bay. Um, if, if we're playing Green Bay against Jordan Love, I think that we have a really good shot. Um, the Bears, I have no idea what to think. But just splitting with those teams nets you three wins. And then you just My biggest straight... issue is just if you want to establish the run, you have to force the other team to respect your pass. And no team is going to this coming year. That oh, I am play not action to Brashad Perriman, the speed demon. The, you can establish the run a little bit, and then you burn them deep. 
So I I agree. Wide receiver is terrible. It needs to be improved. But they've got some pieces that it, they can have a functional off, you know, aerial offense. It's not going to be great. Jared Goff might throw for 3,200 yards, and that's going to be rough. But there's enough yards there that you're not completely one-dimensional. Travis, did you have a thought? Yeah, the over-under is set at four and a half games for them, I believe you said. Yeah. And yes. you know how many games they are favored to win this year out how of many? 17? How many? Zero. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> All They are the underdog in every single game, according to Las Vegas. Las Vegas put the odds out. I have a chart for every team in every game before the season starts. The Lions are not favored in one game. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. That, that is really sad. <laughs> I was just looking at their schedule to try to, like, find the wins. Um, I – you know what? Here's what Coach Dan Campbell would say. If they're the underdog in every game – He'd say, it's not the size of the dog. It's the size of the fight in the dog. And these underdogs are going to take at least five teams by surprise. And here are the teams that they are going to surprise. Week one, this is a big one, 49ers. If they could spring a win over the 49ers, it's going to be low scoring, like ugly, ugly football. And who knows if they're going to try out Garoppolo or Trey Lance. If they could win week one against 49ers, that sets the tone for the rest of the season. But even with a loss there, they got Packers uh, week two. It's so Do you truly dependent. believe any game against the Detroit defense is going to be low scoring? 49ers offense is not very good. Okay. Uh and 49ers run the ball, and we got a good, better defensive line. So yeah, it, it could be a low-scoring game. I'm not saying I'm, – I'm not here predicting a win, and I wouldn't be shocked if the 49ers ran the Lions off the field. However, I'm saying that there's a possibility out there that they could scrape out a victory, an ugly one at that. The, the Packers, week two, if it's not Aaron Rodgers, anything can happen. Uh, week three – if you're going to bet on a game that the Lions will lose, it will be week three. They're not going to beat the Ravens. <laughs> uh, but week four is the Bears. And that could be where we start to see the Bears start to put out Justin Fields. I don't think Fields probably starts right away because they've got Andy Dalton. But getting around the first end of the first month of the season, we could be starting to see Justin Fields. So he's a little bit not quite ready yet. Yes, Travis. But remember, the Lions are notorious for being the team that a new quarterback gets a <laughs> crazy good start against. Who I don't remember who it was. It was a Monday night game, uh, and the Lions got trounced. It was yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's even worse. It was <laughs> Sam Darnold. <laughs> All right. So put a competent quarterback out there, and Justin Fields. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, I'm just saying some of these are coin like <laughs> you, they're not so one-sided that you cannot foresee a victory. Like Ravens, I cannot see a victory there. Um, but Lions, there's a path, or the Bears, I mean. Vikings, there's a path. Bengals, 
definitely a path. Bengals are in that same boat as the Lions as far as like being terrible. Uh, Lions will not beat the Burrow Rams. Burrow might be out by then too. Exactly. So October 24th, they play the Rams. That'll be one people watch just to be like, how badly is Stafford going to dismantle them? Um, but they could beat the Eagles the next week. They will not beat the Steelers. They will not beat the Browns. But then they play the Bears and Vikings after that. You just don't know. They could beat the Broncos. They're not probably going to beat the Cardinals. They could beat the Falcons. Not going to beat the Seahawks. And then they end with the Packers. So, oh, it's – there's a path – to five wins there's also a path to like two uh <laughs> and i, I don't you if, know what i guess some build if on statements it, build on it this if year the, <laughs> what's that Travis? if the lions are by week seven if the lions are totally rebuilding if they're zero and seven even one and six that's when we play the rams and it's matthew stafford's <laughs> return or i guess the lions are going out there this is gonna sound bad but if the Lions' are goal is to lose at that point, I hope Matthew Stafford throws for 800 yards <laughs> and five touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. Moral moral of the story, Lions just have to compete in their division. So that's yeah. that's what I'm hanging my hat uh, yeah. on. And this time next year, we'll look back and be like, man, Justin Fields is so good. <laughs> Like, oh, I think my moral I think my moral of the story is I'm going with the under still I just it's there's a lot to be desired and it is a rebuilding year and if they're really trying to rebuild and get there's perks to losing and so I don't know if we'll see them really thrive this year and I think if they do and they go like eight and nine or it yeah I guess that's what it would be this year with the extra game um We'll be talking about how they missed the playoffs and didn't lose enough <laughs> to <laughs> to get a good pick. And so uh, that's a possibility, as we know the Lions. But I'll, I'll still be watching. My moral of the story is I'm excited for this team to get rid of the turd at coach. We got a new young quarterback, uh, new pieces. The there's a, there's a buzz in Detroit. Even if they go 0-17, there's this fun buzz about the team. And I'll be watching. Like Cody said last week, I'll be watching every game. You just can't shake it. Just ready to be heard again. It's in your <laughs> <Yep>. blood. <laughs> we'll, we'll be watching with great interest the uh, the race to five wins. <laughs> <laughs> well, Code, before you close us off, I wanted to throw out a reminder out there. Uh, if you listen to us, wherever you listen to us, leave us a review. Uh let us know what you think. Throw out that five-star review. It goes a long way in letting other people know that there's a another podcast out there for Michigan sports fans of any Michigan sport to uh, listen to and just get that. Uh, the reason we do this is because we wanted it. We want more content for all of our teams. And so throw a review out there for us. And then also give us a call. Leave us a message and uh, let us know any hot take you have. Tell us we're dumb. Tell us you love Cody's mustache, whatever it is. But, again, the phone number is 2345-MI-CODY. So, Cody, call take in. us home. Call in to tell Trav how poor his tastes are in chicken. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll spend the next 45 minutes of the next podcast roasting him. So, thanks for joining us. That's about all the time we have. And have a good evening. Ohio sucks. Ohio sucks.